Last week, I had the privilege of traveling back to Sherwood Baptist Church in Albany, Georgia for a special event. While there, I was reminded how we must be intentional about leaving a legacy that will continue to impact future generations for God's glory. And that's what I want to address on this episode of Kingdom Currents. On June 20th, family and friends of Dr. Michael Catt gathered together at Sherwood Baptist Church from all across the country. We came together to celebrate the life of this faithful servant of the Lord. You see, I had the privilege of serving on the church staff there at Sherwood for nine years, and Michael taught me a great deal of what it means to be a servant leader. I saw his commitment to the infallibility and inerrancy and sufficiency of God's word. I also saw how he had faith to go and step out and take risk uh, to reach the next generation for Christ. It was amazing to see the worship center of the church packed with peoples whose lives had been touched by this one man. You see, he had served as senior pastor of Sherwood for 31 years before retiring just a couple of years ago. Even though he had many opportunities to go to bigger cities and probably pastor bigger churches, he decided to stay where God placed him in Albany, Georgia. See, he believed that one could actually touch the whole world right from where God had him, there in Albany. And it would take more time than I have uh, for this one program to list the many things that Michael actually accomplished over the more than three decades that he served the Lord at Sherwood. When you think about it, movies such as Facing the Giants, Fireproof, Courageous, the fact that uh, the church built a 100-acre sports recreation park to, to reach the community, uh, to have a solid Christian school, uh, to develop crisis pregnancy and biblical uh, counseling centers uh, all across uh, southwest Georgia. Uh, he held refresh conferences on renewal and revival, and he ministered to scores of younger pastors. These are just a few of the things that God led Michael to develop and do while he was there at Sherwood. Those of us who were on staff knew that Michael was driven to reach the next generation for Christ in ways that few people even dream of doing. I have used his quote many times in my ministry as it sums up what every Christian needs to understand about reaching younger generations. It was a simple statement, but deep in meaning. He would say it over and over again to the point where they actually put it up in large letters in the atrium of Sherwood as a reminder of the need to go after the next generation. His quote, it simply states this, whoever wants the next generation the most will get them. And we've got to understand that is what drove Michael in all that he did as a youth pastor when he began right up through the years as serving as senior pastor there at Sherwood. At that service, every speaker talked about Michael's legacy. And that is what I want to focus on in today's episode of Kingdom Currents. I have known men and women who, who dream and talk about leaving a legacy that would make and accomplish great things. But at the same time, many of these people don't understand a simple truth about life. It's not the fact that, will I leave a legacy? It's the fact, what kind of legacy will I leave? 
because every single person who ever lives will leave a legacy. And the legacy you and I leave will either by design and intentional or by default. We just let life happen. There are two men in Scripture that left legacies that were recorded in the Bible that were in total contrast to one another. The death of these two men provide us with two extreme types of legacies that one can leave when departing this life. And I want to talk to you about these two men. I've been intrigued by them uh, ever since I ran across them in reading the Old Testament. The first man is very common. Most of us are familiar with him. His name is Moses. We all know the amazing life of Moses and how he led the Israelites out of bondage in Egypt in pursuit of the promised land. We, we know the story of how he trusted God and stepped into the Red Sea and the seas parted and the people walked across on dry land. So many things that Moses did. Uh, in Deuteronomy 34, we find how, how his death impacted the people of Israel. And let me just read from from the last part of this chapter. Listen to the words that we find where God describes Moses. Deuteronomy 34, it reads, So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died here in the land of Moab, according to the word of the Lord. Although Moses was 120 years old when he died, his eye was not dim, nor his vigor abated. So the sons of Israel wept for Moses in the plains of Moab thirty days. Since that time, no man has risen in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. For all the uh, signs and wonders which the Lord sent him to perform in the land of Egypt against Pharaoh, all his servants and all his land, and for all the mighty power and for all the great terror which Moses performed in the sight of all Israel. <laughs> what an amazing legacy for one man to leave. And this is the type of legacy I pray that each one of us wants to leave when we go to spend eternity with the Lord. Think about what it says here. Moses was 120 years old when he died, but his eyesight was still sharp. His energy and vigor uh, didn't decrease with age. And he lived such a life that when he died, the entire nation of Israel just stopped for 30 days and just wept and mourned for him. Uh, and, and then it says that no one has risen in Israel like Moses. And listen to this, whom the Lord knew face to face. Wow. And, and remembered all the signs and wonders which the Lord sent him to perform in Egypt and, and throughout his journey in the wilderness. It definitely is an amazing legacy. See, with Moses' legacy in mind now, I, I want you to allow me to share another man in Israel's history whose legacy is in direct contrast to that of Moses. This man was one of Israel's kings, so you would think, well, this is a very important person. His name was Jehoram, and he was king in Judah for eight years. So, so it wasn't that he was one of those kings that became king, and then in a few months he was gone. He was there and served as king in Judah for eight years. However, Jehoram didn't walk with God like Moses did. And 
he walked in the ways of Ahab and, and the other uh, kings who, who were horrible and, and led the nation into idolatry. Uh, Jehoram suffered a terrible death. And, and I want you to listen to how his life as one of the kings of Judah is summed up in Second Chronicles 21, verse 20. Just one verse refers to the legacy that he left. He, meaning Jehoram, was 32 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem eight years, and he departed with no one's regret, and they buried him in the city of David, but not in the tombs of the kings. Wow. Having served as king for eight years, he died, and no one even regretted that he died. No one even cared that he had passed away. Now contrast that with Moses' death, where the entire nation of Israel wept and mourned for 30 days. When Jehoram died, there was no weeping, no regret. And when they buried him, they didn't even do so where the other kings uh, were buried. He, He was just buried in the city of David somewhere. So here are two men who had leadership positions, and when they died, they left two very different legacies. Now, if I were to ask you, which type of legacy between those two uh, would you like to leave? And I think everyone that's listening, you'd choose Moses' legacy and not Jehoram's. See, Michael Catt left a Moses type of legacy. And his life and legacy was celebrated last week by thousands of people, both live in the service or uh, watching virtually. And how can we make sure we leave a legacy that impacts future generations like Michael did, all for God's glory? Well, first, we have to understand that you don't wait until you're a certain age or you have a certain position before you start to develop the legacy you will leave when you die. What you and I are doing right now, each and every day, is actually forming the legacy we will leave one day in the future. Several years ago, I I was in a meeting with other school administrators, and my good friend, Mickey Bowden, led us in an exercise that impacted all of us in a very deep way. And what he did, he shared with us some specific steps that we can take to make sure we leave a legacy that glorifies God and impacts his kingdom. Uh, Mickey shared with us three simple steps that we could take that I hope uh, will help you finish your life and ministry well. I I think these three steps uh, apply to us today. Now, they're not anything deep, but but it's usually something we don't take time to really think about. The first thing that Mickey asked us to do, we had to write down a list of all the quote-unquote positions or roles God had placed us in. Uh, For me, uh, I had written down, well, I'm a husband, I'm a father, a grandfather, I'm a church church member, I'm a Christian school educator, and you could say I'm a leader in kingdom education. That's to name a few of the positions that God has placed me in. I I hope that you'll take some time, maybe pause uh, this podcast right now and just take out a sheet of paper and make your own list. If you are like me, you will be amazed and grateful for how God has placed you in various roles here on earth. 
See, we all have various leadership roles and roles where we can impact others that God has placed us in. And sometimes we don't think about them because maybe they're not very public in their nature. But once you write down all the roles that you're in, you know, if you're a younger person, maybe one of the roles you're in, you're a student uh, or, or you're an employee of someone. But once you write those down, here's the next step that Mickey asked us to do. For each of these roles, write out what you hope someone would say about you in that role at a celebration life, a service for you. Uh, If they were to come and speak and say something about you at your funeral, what would they say about the role that you played in their lives? For example, as a husband, What would I want my wife to say about me at my funeral? Or or as a Christian educator, what would I want my students or my fellow teachers to say about me when my life is over? Now, this is going to take some time, but it is so important to do this for each and every role that God has given you to fulfill here on this earth. Then step number three, it's pretty logical after you do steps one and two. The third step is maybe the most important one, though. See, when you look at what you hope others will say about you in the various roles you play at the end of your life, well, what you need to do is start writing down what actions you need to take right now, starting today, to ensure that they will be able to and want to say what you desire for them to say about you when you pass away. What you've got to understand is, you know, it's one thing to say, oh, I hope they say this about me. I hope they say I'm a man of God. Well, then what am I going to do today and every day from now on to prove that I'm a man of God? See, you've got to go and write these action steps down. Even though I went through this exercise many years ago, I still reflect on it and ask myself what I need to be doing today to have the legacy I pray I may leave when God calls me home. See, leaving a legacy isn't something we choose to do. It is the result of living our lives before others. You and I will be remembered one way or another. However, if we are intentional and ask for God's wisdom and his strength to live our lives in service to him and others, we can leave a legacy like the one I witnessed last week at the Celebration of Life service for Michael Kett. Now, it won't be the same as his, but it can be one that lifts up the name of Jesus and provides light to those who are going to follow us in the future. And so let's now, let's not wait (laughs) Uh, until some time in the future to start building a legacy that will be like Moses and not your harm. See, one thing that marked Michael Katz's life should also mark each of our lives. This is the conviction that whoever wants the next generation the most will get them. After all, that's what a legacy does. A legacy isn't for our generation. It's for the next generation, what we will be remembered by the younger people. To, to put this in sort of context of what I'm doing right now in my ministry, in just a couple weeks, I will be conducting two Kingdom Education Summits. One is in Raleigh, North Carolina, and the 
other one is in Phoenix, Arizona. Now, I've referred to these in different uh, broadcasts of Kingdom Currents. But the purpose behind these events is simple. I want to make sure that the next generation of parents, the next generation of church leaders, and the next generation of Christian educators not only know the biblical philosophy found in kingdom education, but they fully understand it and will actually be committed to this biblical philosophy of education because that's the only way we're going to get the next generation and show this world that we want the next generation more than the world wants it. See, if part of your legacy is to desire to impact the next generation for eternity, then then I want to encourage you to consider registering for one of next month's summits. There, you will learn, number one, the need of kingdom education. You'll also understand what really is kingdom education. We need to understand it. We need to understand worldview and how education shapes it. And then, most importantly, how do you apply kingdom education? How do you apply the biblical principles of how God wants us to educate the next generation? How do we apply them in our homes? How do we apply them in our churches? And how do we apply them in our schools? See, that's what we do at a summit. It's not like any other conference. It's not like any other staff development. We have two and a half days of just focusing on God's plan for educating future generations, what it is, and how do we do it. Uh, Again, we must be intentional and act today, not tomorrow, if we're going to reach the next generation for Christ. So I want to encourage you, go to my website. It's very simple, kingdomeducationministries.com. That's kingdomeducationministries.com. And when you go there, click on the Kingdom Education Summit tab and register right away. See, I look forward to seeing you in Raleigh or Phoenix this July. And as usual, I hope that you'll drop me a note, drop me an email, and let me know how this uh, episode of Kingdom Currents is impacting your life. Uh, Maybe share with me uh, what you're doing to make sure you leave a Moses type of legacy for future generations to follow. May God give you wisdom and strength to live for him and all you do each and every day as he gives you here on earth so your legacy will be that. To leave me a a note, just simply drop me an email at glenn, G-L-E-N, one N, glenn, at kingdomeducation.org. Until next time, I pray that God will lead you to live a life that will impact the next generation for Jesus Christ. Hey, I'm Alex Overall, media developer for Northwest Christian School, and I'm here to tell you about NCS's new Biblical Worldview online courses available to all high school students for transcript credit, regardless of whether they attend public school, private school, or homeschool. Frameworks is an exciting new initiative utilizing the learning management system of Grand Canyon University. For more information, visit BibleClassesForPublicSchools.com. 